and we will begin at verse 39, and uh, the uh, title of the sermon has shifted around a little bit. Uh, Originally, it was justice and joy, and then it was just joy, and now it's back to justice and joy. First first thought, best thought, right? Sometimes I forget that. I wander around a little bit. So justice and joy. And uh, so we hear these words um, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms, with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth, her relative, about three months and then returned to her house. So it, um, it has long been noted by uh, scholars and folks who, who study the Bible that the Gospel of Luke in particular highlights and uh, foregrounds the experiences and pers- uh, women's experience. And this tendency to foreground women is, in Luke is notable because it's exceptional. It's not unheard of for women to take center stage in the Bible. Uh, You know, I'm thinking of uh, Miriam, Moses' sister, and her uh, song and dance after uh, the Uh, the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea. I'm thinking of the ancient military leaders 
uh, Deborah and uh, Yael, where if you really want to read some exciting stories, check out Judges. I'm thinking of Ruth and uh, her mother-in-law, Naomi, Ruth, who uh, has an entire uh, book of the Bible dedicated to her, and Esther, of course, uh, the um, woman who was, uh, who became queen in uh, a foreign court and used that uh, position of power to save her people, the Jewish people, from genocide. So, I mean, it, 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 it does happen. Uh, and, and here in Luke, we have uh, women's perspective and experience center stage. Uh, Elizabeth, who uh, has become pregnant unexpectedly, who had given up hope of ever having children, and now suddenly, with the announcement of the angel Gabriel, learns that she is to have a child who will uh, be named John, and who will be the forerunner of Jesus. And then, just a few months later, uh, Mary receives a similar announcement from the angel, angel Gabriel that she will become uh, pregnant through the power of God, and her child will be named Jesus and will be known as the Savior of the world. In no small part, because this one Jesus will point the way to God's dream of justice and peace for the world. And so I want to begin this whole, the, 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 the topic of the sermon is joy, but I want, I've, after wrestling with this text, finally figuring out why it was so, uh, such a, a struggle for me, uh, suddenly realizing it's because I, as uh, embody, a male embodied person, uh, need, needs to begin by honoring and respecting uh, that this is a story that is centered around the voice and experience and perspective of women. This week I was reminded of um, blind spots that I contend to have uh, as a man to um, the experience of women when I asked my wife, Nicole, to give me feedback on my sermon, as I do every week. And her insights, obviously, are, are important in shaping, and uh, I value them. And the context was that, uh, you know, I'm trying to write about joy and trying to say something, uh, trying to uh, talk about an experience of joy that I had that may be, you know, relatable. And uh, what came to mind, I mean, there were a number of different experiences that came to mind, but, but one of them was uh, babies. I, you know, it's related to the text. It's all in the season. It's all about the birth of a child. And I happen to love babies. 
any of you who were here a couple of weeks ago for Maps and Gamble's uh, baptism may have noticed that. My energy was a little up <laughs> for, that, for that service. And, and so, you know, my heart was to tell the story of uh, the child that would make me a father. Uh, when I learned uh, from Nicole that uh, she was pregnant and that we were going to uh, uh, be parents to a child for the first time. And uh, I remember just this feeling of joy. And I'm talking about it, and Nicole said, well, I remember that about you. <laughs> I remember you being pretty happy, and pretty excited, and pretty joyful <clears throat> about that. Um, she said, uh, uh, what, um, what I had noticed is that, um, I don't think you've ever really understood what it was like for me to give up everything. When we learned that uh, Nicole was pregnant uh, 24 years ago now, uh, it was unexpected, not unlike Mary and Elizabeth. It was an unexpected, it was a surprise. Nicole was a PhD student at the University of Chicago. We were living in student housing. I was a chaplain intern making $17,000 a year. If, if the idea uh, uh, it, uh, uh, about uh, having children is to be ready, <laughs> and if ready means stable housing, uh, you know, uh, a stable career, and, uh, you know, uh, adequate income, we were not ready. We were not ready. Uh, We got ready, of course. Um, But uh, it turns out that while I was experiencing all of this joy, Nicole was having a very different experience from mine. Nicole had uh, spent years working toward this dream of getting a PhD and teaching and having a career in academia. And 25 years ago at the University of Chicago, there were no accommodations uh, for pregnancy. Um, And so she tried uh, for several months to complete her uh, coursework, which was, that was, she had, she was almost done completing her coursework, and then the next stage is the the exams, and then dissertation. Um, But when the pregnancy became high risk, and uh, she uh, was uh, prescribed uh, bed rest, it simply became impossible to continue and then after the birth, of course, that doesn't mean that it's done. <laughs> like, and, and by the way, in case you're wondering, $17,000 a year total income is not enough money to hire a nanny or to pay 
for child care. And guess what? In the United States of America, we do not have universal health care. Hence, the justice, uh, universe, well, we don't have universal health care, and we don't have universal child care, right? Hence, the justice piece. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, all of these years later, there, there's no, um, there, I, there isn't a sense of, of resentment. But for me, I guess the, the moment that really struck me was, how would this person that I love and that I've lived with for all of these years, how could I have been so blind to her experience, which was so different from mine? And uh, so, so that that is, and I see the. The, the centering of men in the Bible, uh, the centering of men who through the centuries have interpreted the Bible and preached about the Bible, ding, 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 and my blindness to my wife's experience of the pregnancy. That pregnancy didn't disrupt my career. That's what it's like to have male privilege. But it completely changed her career path. The roots are, are the same. And we, we call it patriarchy. You can name it whatever you want. But it's this privilege, privileging of men and male voices and male experience. And it leads to injustice. And the point of our scripture this morning is that justice and joy are connected. They can't be separated. That's why when, uh, when uh, Elizabeth greets Mary and uh, they're sharing the joy of these unexpected pregnancies, uh, Mary bursts into song that, uh, you know, that has these very uh, prophetic uh, tones uh, and words to it. Um, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away. I mean, and this is the problem, this is the problem with, with systems of, of oppression if you want to put a name like patriarchy on it, is that um, it, uh, it creates an imbalance. The vision here, he has brought 
the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. I mean, when you, vision, when you envision that, you know, you get this sort of picture. This is God's dream for the world, not this. And uh, joy is connected to working for that kind of world on behalf of all people. I mean, just to help clarify a little bit, I'll spend a minute talking about happiness. You know, our culture places a high value on happiness. In fact, it's enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men... Oh, there it is again. Oh, shoot. Ah! (laughs) That all men are created equal and endowed by the Creator with inalienable rights, uh, these including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. As if happiness is this goal, this pursuit, this possession that we can... uh, 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 This... uh, that, that we can uh, have and achieve or earn. And this being an individualist culture based on individual rights, my pursuit of happiness is my right as an individual to pursue as I see fit, as long as it doesn't in- infringe on other people's happiness, you know, that is, that is my goal. And so all of us pursue happiness, and happiness is not a bad thing, but I don't know about you. I mean, happiness comes and it goes. Joy is different from that. Joy is rooted in the awareness that my life is intimately and inextricably connected with yours. And that all of us live, move, and have our being in this boundless love of God that nothing can separate us from. I mean, it seems, this makes it all the more, I mean, this is why you, uh, you know, you're welcome. You get to process this moment with me together. You get to process it in public. That's why, again, that's why when I, after 26 years, you know, Learning this piece of information about my wife's experience of that pregnancy, right? I, I, that's it. My response wasn't like, "Oh, well, thank you for that information." My response is like, "In the God." And while it's apparent to most of us that we're intimately connected with our intimate partners, with our families, with all of those sorts of things. The teaching of the Bible and the teaching of joy is that we're intimately connected with all of life. And by the way, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. In an age when information can travel across the globe in seconds, in an age where a war on the other side of the world can affect the economy on this side of the world, in an age when carbon emitted from Connecticut can kill reefs in Australia, I mean, how is that not obvious? And so joy is different from happiness. It's not an individual pursuit. 
joy arises when we join with God and with each other in pursuing justice and peace, fairness, equality, when we pursue together and relieve together the suffering that we find in the world when I don't turn away and instead open myself to all that is. The Benedictine monk, uh, Columba, St. Columba of Marmion, very famous. I'm sorry. That was a poor attempt at humor. <laughs> Nevertheless, a monk, a Benedictine monk, St. Columba of Marmion, said, joy is the echo of God's life within you. Joy is the echo of God's life within you. And what is God's life? All of life. God's life is all of life. The pain and the pleasure, the delight and the sorrow, the loss and the gain. You and I are all together in this great work of joy, in this great work of God to create justice and joy. There's a song that I, that immediately when I, you know, when I read this text weeks, weeks ago and I, my process is I, you know, work weeks in advance and I just like come up with uh, titles. And, uh, but, but this is the song that immediately popped into my head. Um, it, it starts out like this. For everyone born, a place at the table. For everyone born, clean water and bread. A shelter, a space, a safe place for growing. For everyone born, a star overhead. And God will delight when we are creators of justice and joy, compassion and peace. And God will delight when we are creators of justice justice, and joy. Be joyful, my friends. We're, we're on the way. Amen. Amen.